in this lesson, we're going to look at causation, which is one of the most important aspects of criminal law and something that will come up in subjects in years to come in your LLB program. Causation considers who was at fault for whatever the crime that has been committed. Now, there are two main types of causation that we must consider. Firstly, you have factual causation, which is the less problematic one, where A shoots B, B dies. There is no intervening events. There is no other person involved. The cause of B's death is is shooting him. So B would not have died but for A's actions. Now causation in this form is considered the but for test. You, you normally consider it as a sine qua non of a particular act. In this case, it's quite straightforward. One person has killed another. The more problematic is the second form of causation, which is legal causation. So what exactly must we consider in relation to legal causation? On the one hand, this all deals with the conduct of the person. So the conduct itself need not be the main cause, as in it need not be the immediate cause of the death or the final act itself of killing the victim. And it also does not need to be the only cause. Because of course, in relation to this factor of the main cause as well as the only cause, we can consider that as being factual causation itself. There is no intervening events, there is no other parties involved, it's a quite straightforward aspect of one person committing a crime against another. But what it must be in relation to conduct is either the operative cause or the substantial cause. And once the defendant has started these chain of events, he is legally responsible in some way, shape or form. However, having said that, there are instances where intervening events or novus actus intervenience takes place and the responsibility or the liability imposed on the defendant might be mitigated or completely removed. When do these events occur? On the one hand, you might have situations where a third party intervenes in such a substantial manner that the defendant cannot now be possibly considered as the operative or the substantial cause of the death or of the crime. There might be an act of the victim himself. We will have a look at certain escape cases where people have jumped off of certain uh, places or certain vehicles in an unforeseen manner. It might also be acts of God or nature, things which are unpredictable and were outside the control of the defendant, the victim or any other party for that matter. However, it must be noted that in order to break the chain of causation, it must be free, deliberate and informed. And another component of it is, it must be so unforeseeable by any party, including the defendant, that there is no means or there is no justification in imposing liability on the defendant himself. Now, if we consider a few examples, in relation to the acts of the victim itself, where there are escape cases or instances of escape, where the victim injures himself trying to escape from uh, the defendant. There might be instances where this is so unforeseeable, the mechanism by which the victim has tried to escape is so unforeseeable that you cannot hold the defendant liable or responsible for the injuries or death that occurs. Conversely, you can also consider medical interventions. Now, in relation to medical intervention, we must also keep in mind that the negligence purported can only break the chain of causation if it is so independent of the defendant's acts and maybe even so independent of what is required and completely outside the realms of what is necessary that it was potent enough of causing the death. 
Now, there are a string of cases in relation to this which are available in your case summaries. I urge you to have a look at them and peruse them in great detail. So we had a brief look at causation and the various elements of it, what factual causation means and what legal causation means, as well as where both of those types of causation affect the defendant in relation to his liability towards the victim. We also had a brief look at intervening events and their effects on the crime itself and where the defendant stands in relation to acts by a third party, a victim or nature itself. Now the next lesson we are going to move on to is the secondary component of a crime itself, the secondary element of a crime itself, which is the mens rea.